Hi there, it's episode 120, and today we're talking about making big life changes in favor of living simply. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi, everyone. It's Danae here. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 120, and we are in the midst of a four-part series journey to simplicity, and I am interviewing four families about their journey. Today, I have my second interview, which is with Lily Neubauer. Lily wrote a guest post last year for Simple Families called Trading My Job for Minimalism. Today, I want to chat with her more about what that looked like. Over a year ago, Lily quit her high-powered job in favor of a simpler life with more connection to her family. Decisions like this are never easy, and I'm looking forward to hearing from Lily about how this change has impacted her life. But before we get into today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Molecule. Molecule is a complete reinvention of the air purifier. It was developed by a father and scientist who is desperate for a solution for his son's asthma. Molecule introduces a breakthrough science that's finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Even if you don't entirely understand the science behind it, know that Molecule is having a meaningful impact on asthma and allergy sufferers. One customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Molecule's technology has been effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. It's already helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. And they have a special offer for the Simple Families listeners. For $75 off your first order, go to Molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. And at checkout, enter the code SIMPLE. Again, that's Molecule, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and the promo code is SIMPLE. You'll get $75 off at checkout. Back to today's episode. I really enjoyed chatting with Lily about the changes that have come to her life because of her efforts to simplify. Now, we're not talking about getting rid of clutter and throwing stuff away. We're talking about making big adjustments to the way that she spends her time and the way that she spends her days and as a result, the way that she spends her life. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you want the links to anything that we're talking about today, you can always go to the show notes. Find those at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 120. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Lily. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk with you, Lily. Last year, you wrote a guest post on Simple Families about how you quit your job in search of simplicity. And it was a really popular post and I think something that really resonated with so many people. So I want to hear more about your story about what brought you to quit your job and what life looks like for you now. Thank you. Yeah. When you reached out to me last week about doing a podcast, at first I thought, why this podcast is incredible. (laughs) Would anybody want to listen to me? But I do think, you know, if I can simplify my life, then anybody can. So (laughs) I'm like a hair club for men member. Like (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) I love that. You can do it. So I'm excited to do a little deeper. And for people who read the post last year, talk a little about where we are now. So thank you. Great. And I will put a link to that in the show notes for anybody that wants to read that too. So you, was it just over a year ago, you quit your job. And can you tell us about what kind of job you had and what that process looked like for you? 
Yes. Yeah. It was pretty much exactly um, like exactly a year ago, top of the summer last June. And I had been in that job for about three years. It was a director of marketing job for a really fun um, retail brand. And that was already exciting for me. And then over the course of while I was there, we like pretty rapidly scaled the company. We opened two new stores and we had, you know, really high year over year growth with our website and our e-commerce sales. So I just had my finger in every pie and it was really fun. And so um, I put a lot of my heart and soul into it, which is good until I kind of had this, I would call it our family's inciting incident happened to me um, about halfway through me working there, where I realized that sometimes you're actually working ahead of yourself. And everything that I thought was kind of creating forward momentum, I was doing in such overdrive and with such intensity and blinders on, I kind of found out that I was almost setting myself back. So that began kind of me trying to equalize and then me actually surprising myself by realizing that I was going to just step back professionally. So over what course of time did this all happen? So I would say the timeline, my husband and I got married when he was 26 and I was 24 and, and it was 2009. So really low job market. So we just had this like pretty slow, easy life. We worked a lot, but it was just the two of us. And we really like to do simple things. So we always kind of had this one style of life. And then we adopted our baby, um, which was so exciting. And it happened really quickly. We were only on the list for 10 weeks when they called us and said that baby had been born and she was ours. So it was very exciting and adrenaline inducing and we couldn't believe it happened to us. And then right after that, my husband got a job that was really exciting for him. We couldn't believe it happened to us. We're like re- reacting to that. And then I got this job when I just mentioned when my daughter was nine months old. So we're reacting to that. And then my husband actually got another job that was even more like incredible. And we're reacting to that. And then my daughter had just turned two the week before. And it was like January 8th of, I guess, like 2015 or 16. And I sat down and we had just been like, I mean, these all seemed like the biggest blessings, the biggest opportunities, and they were in so many ways. And so we just felt like, okay, pay back the piper for like how great this is that this happened to us. And we'll just clean up the back end when we have time. So when you say great opportunities, when these jobs came along, what do you mean by that? It was like financially, these were like really big, like step up from what we had been making before. But I think, you know, because we graduated during the recession, we had felt like our careers had been stagnated in the community that we're in where like you graduate and you have a job lined up and then you're a manager and then you're a director and then you're a vice president and you're in the C-suite and you're working for a cool company. And so these were those two, like these jobs where when you told people what you did, it was like, oh, wow, like not. And for some reason, that was like a big deal too, I think, because when we first were graduating, we were just taking whatever kind of work we could get. And we would supplement our income a lot, like 
with other jobs too, like trying to make it work where we could work in our field, but pay for life. So all of a sudden people were handing us these like jobs and these titles and this like societal gold star that we had worked and waited like a long time for. So this felt like the next natural step. These were the type of jobs that you were supposed to get. Yeah. And these are the type of jobs very grow. Oh, we were like big grownups now. Yeah. <laughs> this was a big change that we were adults. So there, and I think what happened with that is this was new territory for us. Like we had just been like 20 somethings. We would make, I would make these like nachos every night with like lentil beans. Like we ate on the sofa. Like we were just like kids married. And then all of a sudden we had this baby and then we have these big adult jobs. So what happened to me, and I think both of us, is I just started looking around being like, okay, how do the adults do it? And so everybody dressed a lot nicer than me, and um, everyone had nice cars, and everyone vacationed certain places. Our community is really awesome, um, but it can be a little androgynous. And so I started hitting the status quo like really fast. Whatever everybody else was doing, I just started doing and it didn't even feel right. I think like, cause it wasn't really me, but I was going so fast. I didn't notice. So I'd like work all day and then come home and put everything in my Amazon cart that everyone was telling me I needed for my baby and get it. And then in two days, I would feel like I was, you know, on the right track. So, and it was just like, like that all the time, like just a total like wheel spinning too fast. But this was something that, you know, I had been told I, I should always want. And I did feel like I always wanted. So it was hard to say that I didn't want to be on the wheel. So I think what happened is I start instead of complaining about the life, I was just like making myself run as fast as I can to stay on it and then making my family run as fast as me. So I wanted to be perfect. I wanted every minute of the day to be effective and making everything work for us. And I wanted my husband to be perfect. And I wanted all of his decisions to be effective and the best decision possible. And I wanted my child to wake up at eight and go to work with me and then go to a birthday party and then go to Home Depot and then go to the grocery store and then go out to dinner with our friends and like act beautifully the entire time. That definitely sounds like living the dream. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I mean, what happened for us, I think, is like the only way we could pull this off by who we were, but what we had was that from when we woke up to when we went to bed, like everything was airtight. Like, you know, every minute had to be used for whatever was happening. Like, wake up, take care of the baby exercise, go to work, you know, work every minute of the day, come home, make dinner, dinner had to be perfect, everybody had to be great, we had to put the baby to bed, I opened my laptop, like, you know, it was just so airtight. And what I think I created is an environment where nobody was allowed to fail, because there just wasn't room for it. There's not room to forget to leave the chicken out to thaw for dinner, or there's not room to for your baby to just like need you to read three extra books to her or for you guys to like play and so but we're all human beings so we do fail um you know every day in ways that we're not expecting and we just didn't have room for that so when my husband would make a mistake it was like not just that he made a mistake like he blew up the whole plan 
And so that just started creating an environment where people stopped talking about their feelings and what they needed because I let them know what we needed. We needed everything to go right and be really fast and um, awesome for this perfect life we had. So everybody just shut up and (laughs) fall into line. So it was more about productivity than it was relationships and connecting. Yeah. And it's funny because at first it was great. And then I couldn't figure out what was going on with my husband. Like, why is he acting so... I couldn't figure out, like, we had always had, since we met, this insane connection. We'd always, like, really shared, like, really, you know, meaningful things with each other. And we just had this, like, really big, uh, like, deep bond with each other as friends, like, first. And that's, like, what always drove our relationship. And then I just, like, didn't know who he was anymore. Like, I couldn't predict what he was going to do. And I couldn't, like, I didn't find our conversations interesting. And so I was kind of, this tension was building with that. But I just kept thinking, like, well, it'll go away. Or, you know, like, it'll we probably just need to go on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Things will calm down next week or next year or next season in retail, I imagine. Yeah. One project away from everybody being happy. So everyone just be okay with not being happy because it's just this one project that's going on. So what brought you to make the decision to move towards simplicity? Was it this light bulb moment or do you feel like it came on gradually? Um, so I have described it as walking through my house and there were like water slots on the ceiling and you're like, oh, like we should get those fixed or looked at. But in the meantime, I'm just going to like paint over it or ignore it and look at everything else or buy something (laughs) and put it in the way. And then one night I sat this day in January, we had like, I think like doubled our income the previous year. And so we just kept being like, okay, like we would talk about the budget. I did like all these things on my side of the street and then paying the bills and like taking care of our budget was on my husband's side. And so I would ask and it was like, oh yeah, it's fine. And we were just kind of like, we had lived on such a tight, like a budget for so long, like saving for our baby and having like, you know, early career jobs that there was like a little release of the pressure cooker when all this came in. And then we were so busy that we weren't making like mindful decisions at all. So I was like, okay, we're going to take control of everything this year and save more. So we need to sit down and just like look over everything and make a plan. And I was not expecting at all when I sat down to hear that over like the past 18 months, we had actually been so like mindlessly spending that even though we had made more money than ever, we were in our first consumer debt and it was like not a pleasant number to swallow at all. So that was crazy logistically. But the first wave of the wake up call was like this person that I was so close with that like trusted me with so many parts of his soul that I never thought this would happen with had this information and I've contributed or created an environment where he thought that he couldn't tell me. So that really set things off. Um, First, we were living really simply because nobody was allowed. I mean, my first wave of the plan was nobody was allowed to spend any money. So even though things were like insanely tense in the house, um, because of this like 
discovery of this rift between us and figuring out like what was to blame or, you know, how this happened and, and the hurt from it. Despite that, we were sitting down and having dinner at the table like every single night because I wasn't going to buy food out like you know and we were staying in at night because I wasn't going to spend money on entertainment until like we had financially recalibrated which actually didn't take very long because all we had to do was not spend money (laughs) so once that was behind us we realized like these moments where we kind of had to be together like things came out or we started feeling more like our old selves because we were on like the pace like closer to the pace that we had before and so the next phase was really like discovering that our family didn't just need us financially our family needed this because this is like the pace that our family is supposed to be living at so by spending less money you find you're also spending more time together Exactly. Yeah. Like there was almost no way that we couldn't because we were kind of on house arrest. (laughs) But I don't think that if we hadn't like had to be so close with each other at that time, like physically in the same house a lot, then, you know, little gestures of kindness or little, I mean, asking him at that point where we were, like, I'm going to the kitchen, would you like anything? Like, I was a really good person (laughs) when I... (laughs) (laughs) When I would say that, or, you know, like both being in the house when one of us is putting our daughter to bed. So why would you not just both go do that together? And then realizing like, okay, this was like a really hard day. And it's a really hard chapter in my life. But like that felt really good. So almost no escaping the conversation and the connection that really was essential and needed to happen. Yeah, like the probably a year, uh, probably like at least half a year before it happened, I kept saying like, I'm so grateful for this. But like, we really need to like start slowing down. And I don't think I had the discipline at that point to like opt out, you know, dinner parties and dates and concerts like Dallas is just so, you know, has so much energy and there's always something going on. And I didn't have the discipline to like just shut it down. Like I knew, like I was telling people, and myself I needed so this became that and yeah I don't know I mean I wish it had been I always look back and I'm like man I wish it had been like a light bulb from either one of us or just like an intervention but this was that so I can't like have any shame or regret about it you know looking backwards Yeah, absolutely. So you went through this transition and you cut back on spending, but that didn't fix it? Or did that move you in the right direction? Yeah, it's like, so the spending was the first wave. And then the choosing to like prioritize each other again was the second wave. And one kind of helped the other. There was a lot there with having to learn how to like be vulnerable with each other again and like trust each other again after you know I had been kind of careless with I had like let go of keeping everybody's like emotions top of line with like how busy we had become and like how I had tried to manage that and you know every like everything had kind of blown up so we were just like putting the bricks back together piece by piece and the good thing about that is you get to decide Like what you look at each brick one by one and you decide like, do I want it or do I not? Like, it's like I did that except with my, not my t-shirts, like my 
whole life, <laughs> like my marriage, my, how I was raising my daughter and, you know, everything. And then you, you throw it all on the floor and then you're like, what comes back? Like how we talk to each other and what books we read and how we structure our day. Like it got to where like, you know, if one small thing didn't serve me, like I felt like I was starting my whole life over again. So I, the benefit of that was deciding like what got to come next with me. Yeah. And so one of the things you felt like really was keeping your life at a pace that you couldn't keep up with was your job. Yeah, it took a long time. So it was about a year and a half after everything happened. But I started to realize like our family had become a lot more proactive or um, mindful with how we were responding to things like we would something we would get an invitation or something would come up or you know like we would just take that beat and decide what we wanted to do as a family and then like act on it and the nature of the job I was in and the culture of the job I was in was really reactive. Like you come in every day, you see the numbers, what are you going to do? Like so-and-so did this, what are you going to do? Like there just wasn't a way to bring that mindfulness in the like self-agency that we were starting to have in our family life that was doing like wonders for us there into my job. And then also I was noticing like on the days at my job where I was so reactive, I was coming home and like bringing that mentality home and taking us out of like the progress we had made. I love the quote that you have about being the thermostat for the house, like as a parent where you say like, you're the thermostat and you set the temperature for the house by how you are and and how you exhibit yourself. And before everything happened, we were certainly like, you know, all the outside elements was setting the temperature for the house and we were just kind of responding. And I noticed like the last thing happening was my job and the emotions I had around my job and how like attached I was to it in terms of like that it put me in high esteem in the community and and the title of it and the activity of it made me feel good about myself like I was so invested in it that I was reactive to it I was so attached to like my performance there and then it was coming I was bringing it home and I was allowing that to set the temperature of the house, not like me and how I wanted us to feel. So I would have never thought that a year and a half after finding out that we like had financial, that we had an issue in our home and that there were like financial consequences of it. I would turn around and leave a, a job that was bringing in like really nice revenue to our home and not have a plan. But it became like the clear decision to me. Do you feel like it's been hard to find self-worth since so much of your self-worth was wrapped up in your work and in your career? Do you feel like that's been hard to find since you left? Yeah, I would say that I'm like in recovery because I made myself not do anything after I left. Like I was like, you need to wait at least it was uh, the beginning of June. So I was like, you have to wait until the end of August until you're literally even like doing anything like part time, like whatever, because I was so worried that I would say I was doing this. And then, you know, I would run into people at the grocery store and I wouldn't have a story and I would find something so I could say I had something to do or I could feel like I had something to do. So it's hard yeah. that outside perception of what you do with your time, which 
on a mental level, I'm thinking like, who cares what everyone else thinks of how I spend my time? But the reality is that it does impact us. I mean, just a quick story. I was up in, I have a little office area in our master bedroom and I work from home and I was working on my book and I was typing away upstairs and we have someone who comes to clean twice a month. My kids were downstairs with the, ba- with the babysitter while I was working and she came upstairs to clean the bedroom and I said, oh, hi, how are you? And she looked at me on my computer and she said um, something along the lines of, oh, this is the life or something like that. And all of a sudden I felt so insecure and that this perception of this person, this outside person is looking at me and thinking I'm not doing anything. And I wanted to like justify, I want to be like, but I'm writing a book and I'm doing this. And I'm like trying to like say that, no, I'm worthy and I'm valuable all based on this one glance of a person who really had no idea what I was doing. You know, I could have been like playing Farmville or like writing a book, but she didn't know. All she saw was she walked in the room. My kids are downstairs with a babysitter. I'm sitting around on a computer. She's cleaning my bedroom. And she says to me, this is the life. But that it immediately made it made me feel very insecure about my career and my decisions just one quick comment from someone it can so easily disarm you yeah it really can and I like it happens a lot because you know Heidi was three and a half and we had thankfully found like or like a development environment for her that I just loved it's so one of a kind to me and and it's so dear to me they're like family to me and so and she was at an age where I find that to be an important thing for her and so financially through that end of August at least if not through the end of the year we could still like allow or like that it still wasn't an issue for her to be able to attend with the changes that I had made and I thought that was best for her and I thought that was best for me and our family as I was like figuring out what was next and everybody a lot of people like really had my back and patted me on the back when I said that I was leaving my job but then when they'd run into me during the day and I she wasn't on my hip because she was, you know, in a place that we think is a really thriving environment for her. It was like, Oh, hold up. (laughs) Like, did you just trick us? Like, what are you doing? And, you know, it was hard. There's an all or nothing. You're either a working mom or a stay at home mom. Like there's no in between. Right. And the permanence of each one, like you're a working mom. And that's who you are. When your kids go to college, you're on your cell phone and you're in your power suit and you're running in late to muffins with mom and like whatever, like that's your whole life. Or you're like, you know, the stay at home mom, always available to your kids, like whatever. And part of the thing when I, I had this like huge message come to me about leaving, like it was like this crazy thing that was like, what if I told you that everything you wanted was going to happen for you when you just let go of this? Like you think that you can't have what you want without this, but I like, this is keeping you in the way of what you want. And so when I like came to this decision, I wrestled with like, I'll never work again. Like this is for, I have to be okay that this is forever. And then, you know, I was like, you've worked for 10 years, you've advanced your career, but more so than that, like you're you, like who's, why would you think that you don't have a purpose in the world ever again? 
because you left a job. (laughs) So there's like one camp or the other. There's nothing in between. And whatever you decide when your baby's born is just who you are, like forever. And we're all smarter than that. Yeah, there's a lot of fear with moms about getting off the treadmill and not being able to get back on. And it sounds like that's something that you experience as well. This idea that like, if I leave the workforce, if I leave especially if you're in a position where you're trying to advance and you're trying to move forward and grow your career, that if you step aside for one minute, you can't get back in. Yeah, exactly. Which like now tickles me because I mean, we were hiring like in one department at my job when I was there and two women that had been in the workforce that had taken time off to raise kids, like we're applying for this. It was like a cool, like part-time position in the office. And somebody asked like, well, what do you think about the fact that they have been like, you know, on the outside? And I was like, that's exactly who I want on my team. <laughs> I have to say, if I was hiring, the stay-at-home moms would be like the first people I would be hiring yeah. because they yeah. are hardworking and efficient and productive. Like I just, yeah. I don't know a time. I definitely, I mean, my productivity and my ability to accomplish things and, and get the job done when I became a mom, just like quadrupled. Like, I mean, have, yeah. is I just think that moms, especially stay at home moms have been like in the thick of it working like 16 hour days for years, I think are so capable and accomplished in their own rights. So to think about it as being hard to get back in the workforce, it sort of makes you think, well, you never really left because you have a very seriously difficult job. Yeah. And no validation. Like, you know, you get no feedback (laughs) or like you only get negative feedback sometimes as a mom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All you got to do is have a free coffee in the break room and this is the best thing that's, you know, ever happened to us. Yeah. (laughs) And the coffee's um, usually cold. So yeah. So that's really mean. It's funny because for a long time was like, well, what am I going to exhibit to my daughter as a feminist if I don't have this like corner office where she comes in and sees me? But what I actually want for my daughter as a feminist is the power of choice. So what does it mean if I'm baggy eyed, stressed out, snappy, reactive, like all the telltale signs to a child that I'm not a happy person, because I'm tied to something that I think like kind of has more value than me or her or our current like happiness. So that's been like a big lesson to me too. I think that's such valuable advice to think about the the visual image of what you look like. And it looks so different, right? Like you and that worn down, overworked, unhappy you versus the you who has taken some risks and made some changes to find some balance. Like, yeah, it, I just visualize it as two different people entirely. Yeah. And I mean, it was just so much a chapter of my life. Like I had been through a lot with that job, but I had just been through a lot in my life. It was really hard to rebuild our family while I was working like 50 hour weeks, like two flights a day, you know, to different cities and back home. Like I just deserved a minute to figure out what was next for us. And also for me personally, in a way that fit with us. And so, you know, it's not to say that all working moms like look like that. But if we're ever and I think a lot of stay at home moms feel that way, too, where like, whatever it is, that's contributing to where you feel like you're on something and you can't get off the best thing you can do for yourself and to show 
your kids like that they really deserve their happiness, I think is just to step off and let it all come down and then, you know, let it all come back together. Yes, I completely agree. And when I first had my kids, I was finishing up school and I was mostly a stay-at-home mom. I was spending, when I had my son, I was spending every day, all day at home with him. And I loved it. And I, like, I really felt fulfilled. And like, I loved like meeting a friend at a coffee shop that also had a baby and like, just like spending time. But as my kids got older, and I was spending more time at home, I felt the need to do something else outside of the home and to do something more than being home all day. And not that I'm saying being a stay at home mom isn't enough, but I felt like I wanted something else. Like I wanted a little bit of time away. And that has become so essential for me and the health of me and the health of me as a parent. Because if I had to spend 16 hours a day with my kids, I wouldn't be a good mom. I would be exhausted and irritable and easily flustered. And that is something I know about myself. I think some people are capable of it, but I know that I'm not, that I need several hours a day of doing something else outside of taking care of my family. Then that makes me the balanced person that I need to be. And it's just, but finding that balance isn't always easy, but I think a lot of us need it. And we, especially stay at home moms, I think can be a little bit, can feel ashamed to realize or to admit to themselves that they're not their best when they're 16 hours a day with their kids and that finding something else is actually going to bring them more fulfillment than being all in on the kids or all in on the job, finding that the mix of the two. And it's a delicate balance, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And I ended up, I mean, I think it really comes down to it's really hard to like, be on the grind and be in the moment. And also be like, out taking your like, it's about taking time to step out of your life and observe it from the outside from like your individual self and, and just kind of take inventory of the day sometimes at the end of the day and think like, did this go down the way that if like, I see it for us? And what could we do to stay on this track or, you know, get us on more in a flow that I want for us and just taking that time to step out. I, I mean, for me, I, it's walking my dog or, you know, things like that, where I just, I can just replay these little moments in my mind and think like, you know, if it didn't go how you wanted, like you just forgive yourself. That's life like that. That's just building resilience for everybody. But you do have the ability to alter the course. And I think really like as parents, men or women, it's part of our job to be navigating. So being like looking at the path and seeing like which way we need to take it to, to make sure that everybody's like on the right journey. So I'm glad that I took those like eight weeks or 10 weeks or so before really jumping into anything. But so far, there's been a beautiful balance for us with me working like 20 hours a week in a part time job. And so exactly what you say of like, there's just not one thing for everybody. And, and it's just so far, it's been like a really nice like experience for us where I'm not putting so much on my family like socially and validation wise, because I have a place where I'm me. But my child's getting so much more of me. I'm getting so much more time with myself creatively. So that's been, it's perfect for where we are now, subject to change. So I'll let you know. (laughs) I love that disclaimer because where you are right now today in 2018 is going to be totally different from five years from now. And planning for today is really the only day we can really ever plan for. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, the people that I was working for at the time when it happened, I felt so close to them, like when we were all working together. And I felt like I had been given this off. There's just so many reasons why I felt like I didn't deserve to walk away, like because it would be letting people down or I would be like discarding something that was a gift. And the same, honestly, like I love who I work for and, and what I do so much right now that it's so tempting to feel that same thing. But this was just a huge lesson to me that like, our loyalty is to ourselves. And then our next loyalty is like to our family. And what surprised me was when I left, I just said, like, I don't know what's next. I don't know what I don't have a plan. And honestly, I felt like it was more respectful to like how great this like opportunity was to like not line up a plan behind like, you know, everybody's backs or, you know, like have a secret plan and have a secret exit strategy. I just know that like we've reached the end of the road here. And if we keep forcing it, we stand to lose this awesome thing that happened. And I would I should have, but I did not expect like the graciousness and the support that I received leaving. And I know, you know, should I have to make the decision again, like another time or do something different? Like if you're working in a place that makes you feel good and you're working with at a place with good people, even when like tension just means that things need to move around. And when that happens, like most people if will have your back and the people who don't just aren't your people anymore. Yes, so I, to- I totally, I totally agree with that. <laughs> well, Lily, this has been really great. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I've enjoyed chatting. Yeah, today. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to stay in touch with Lily and learn more about her, you can go to the show notes, simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 120, and you'll find the links there. If you want to learn more about Simple Families and stay in touch, the best way is through the email list. If you go to simplefamilies.com and leave your email address in the space at the top, you'll stay in touch with the updates for the blog, the community, and the podcast. And when you have a second, please leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps the show to reach more people and your support is greatly appreciated. Thanks for tuning in.